Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into the Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I am here with Shane Boydash. Shane is a serial entrepreneur living in Silicon Valley. He built and managed 100% remote teams for over a decade now. He co-founded three startups and he is alumni at five accelerators such as Stanford StartX, 500 Startups, and more. He sold his first company to Jiffy Cat in Silicon Valley. Sain is currently working on remoteteam.com to bring his vision to the future of work. With his 10 years of experience managing remote teams, he'll share with us his experiences on building a company culture and a successful team. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your podcast. No problem, man. Uh, well, again, thanks for being here. And uh, before we get to the questions, can you give us a really quick rundown of what got you into entrepreneurship? I was born to be an entrepreneur. Like I, I built my first company when I was like 17 years old and I make my first money when I was seven years old. <laughs> like my father was not like really uh, when it comes to money he never like it wasn't that easy so i said i have to make my own money and start to sell things very early on on my and i was lucky to have a computer uh, i was uh, selling game tutorials uh, building computers and selling it so i start very early age that's amazing. That's super cool. Listen, this podcast is called The Remote CEO. You got a business called remoteteam.com. So we know what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, listen, so uh, I come from a background in corporate, in the corporate world where people used to think that they needed an office to operate and build a business. But clearly, that's not the case anymore. So yeah. um, what were your first experiences building a remote team back even 10 years ago or even back? More. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I was lucky as, again, like when you are a software engineer, like by default, you start to work with people. Um, in other locations. I remember very clearly in my high school years, uh, we were building a, 
like a very small software with a Russian guy and a Bulgarian guy. And we were all chatting through the black ICQ at that time mm-hmm. screens. So um, I always find very weird to go to an office in my life. I think I never liked it. Uh, and I, I read it in a Wikipedia very, very long time ago, this like eight hour work, eight hour sleep and eight hour uh, life is, is a concept that we constructed. Yes. It's really a concept. Like some, some guy in England come up with that. We have to work eight hours in a synchronous way. And now from farming, we went to factories, factories to the corporate buildings. And I always felt that in a very weird way, like when we punish people in our society, we send them to a place we call prison for a limited time. And if you are in prison, you get paid as well. So uh, government pays you like 10 cents or something an hour. So I always feel like offices are the prison of the mind. Uh, And for a person who is disciplined enough, um, you really don't need office. And now I remember very clearly when I was telling in Silicon Valley to very top investors that I have uh, remote teams, they always tell me remote team will not work. Sorry, remote work is not working. Don't have a remote team. <laughs> have a local team. You're going to get acquired by, because of your local team. And it was a very Silicon Valley driven culture that you have to be in Silicon Valley. Your team needs to be in Silicon Valley. But that totally changed right now in the last four yeah. or five years with COVID. Now that good to have is now must to have. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Listen, um, you brought up COVID. That was actually my follow-up question because, you know, as a as a uh, consultant and a coach for business owners that want to go remote, yeah. my business really uh, skyrocketed in just the past few months because now, like you said, people don't really think they have to do it. They just have to do it, period. Yeah. So um, first off, how fast do you think things are changing and what do you foresee, you know, what's coming up in the next few months to years because of this pandemic yeah so we are not going back period like people will not go back and this is the first virus we're going to experience there will be like everyone even bill gates and all the place people are saying that we will be seeing more pandemics we should get prepared right mm-hmm. and even we have the best vaccines in the world or not uh, people will just not go to the office anymore because think about it you are making people living in a lifestyle in one year in their homes so they start to finally of course our homes are not suitable for remote work most of the homes like it's not easy for living with two three kids and i read an article recently google employees want to go back to office some of them because like some of them lives with seven eight people in their home right so, but we are seeing homes which has offices like a little bit bigger uh, and people are getting used to working totally from home. Yes. At least the ones that's not working. So once you have, once you hit that, like people say, I can be in Austin, I can be in Kansas, I can be close to my family and work to Silicon Valley, like Reddit is going to remote 100% and they are not changing their salaries, which is a huge thing, yeah. right? Um, so there's no going back anymore. It's finished, done. Like that, like you go to a building to work in a cubicle, 
that uh, style of uh, corporate America is, is totally disrupted now. Okay, there will be, of course, people going to the offices. There will be, uh, of course, we will meet in offices, but it it gonna like slowly, slowly, slowly go down, and the companies who survive in the next ten years will be probably mostly remote. Remote. You said something that's very interesting, um, which is, you know, homes are not suitable uh, to work yeah. remotely, at least, you know, the average home right now. I'm sure that down the road, like you said, things are going to change. But in the meantime, what do you think is going to happen to people that can't work from home because maybe they have a small house with kids and everything else? Yeah. So is I'm assuming a completely new uh, business model or at least like a new solution to yeah to help these people is going to come up, right? And I, I think some people need that discipline that because think about like you turn 20 years, 10 years, you dress up, you go somewhere, right? And then you work there, right? Uh, I think there might be, you know, so many big commercial buildings are out of business right now. So there might be a new model, like that is something between home and WeWork, mm-hmm. not 100% WeWork, but a little bit like safe environment, maybe outdoorsy a little bit because you need ultraviolet light and the fresh air yeah. um, for to have a more safer environment than uh, to survive in any kind of sort of pandemic, right? If it's yeah. not airborne. Um, so it, I see a definitely a 100% um, need something between WeWork and home. Uh, or WeWork changes, or there's more like WeWork, they take a pop-up store or a commercial building and quickly build it in a very safe uh, style that uh, more like home boot, more private people will, because you take more phone calls, right? When you are working remotely. Yeah. And I remember in every WeWork, there's only one, one or two phone booths and they're always like occupied, right? I, uh, I was always thinking like, convert your garages into like Zoom rooms, like yeah. uh, feel, uh, isolate your garage, paint it in green. So it's like a green wall yeah. and that's the best office, right? Put a good AC there. Uh, so many people have good garages in the United States. So I don't know. 20 million, 30 million homes as garages. So, uh, but in meanwhile, there will be places between WeWork and um, homes. For sure. I can't wait actually for that. Um, I think that um, we talked, uh, let's say enough about the person that goes to work. Now I want to switch gears a bit and want to talk about actual CEOs and and people that are building their own businesses remotely. Like I said, people that listen to this podcast are, you know, solopreneurs and uh, freelancers that want to scale their own business. So how do uh, people do this? And let me ask you two of the biggest mistakes that you've seen entrepreneurs make when they want to build a remote team? That's a, that's a great question. That's a really good, great question. So there is, I think when you are first building your remote team, when you are first do it, I always love to follow the success and replicate the success that's already working, right? Mm-hmm. Period. So if you see, what happened in the last five years in Silicon Valley, do you see a flood of international entrepreneurs yes. coming here? And then they raise money, like I said, one to $2 million. What they end up doing is because they are from France, they are from Turkey, they are from Israel, they are from Spain, 
they end up hiring people from a great college in these countries, which totally yeah. makes sense, right? And they help to build fast prototype. Yeah. And so you see it's a pattern of cultural affinity, right? If there is like, so first when you are hiring remotely, uh, if you never work with uh, different cultures, it will be really different. So, and if you are a very senior guy, want everything to be scheduled, you sort of need to think in that way, right? So mm -hmm. I will always suggest everyone to consider these cultural differences between um, a European culture than a Middle East culture or a Turkish culture or a Russian culture. It's, it's even... Uh, in a professional world, culture should not matter, but it, in reality, it matters, right? How yes. people communicate. So for me, is I always uh, thinking more in the culture, okay, I will have more, we have a guy in Ghana and I never thought I will hire someone in Ghana. And then they were actually great. So we end up having four people in Ghana. Nice. Now we understand the culture, we know their holidays, we know how they work, their internet is not that great in general. <laughs> okay, so we help them to get in there, but they are like, it, it, for me, we, we were able to work, right? Yeah. Some people love to work with European people. Some people love to work with Latin countries. So that is, I think, really important, like select more like a culture and then try to scale in that country first going out to the other countries. Like in the Ghana, we learned there's a university for us, a journalist university. So we are getting a lot of great content writers from there. Wow. So we are starting to scale. And this is what most successful ones did sometimes. And I always think that's sort of a requirement uh, for us, like to have overlap with my time zone. It's really important. Yes. So there is a very funny thing in GitLab they say, whatever the CEO lives, that, that's the center of time zone, but doesn't make it a remote world. Uh, if yeah. you are not used to working asynchronously, uh, which so many people are not, uh, then you have to make people work at least four or five hours in your time zone. So as a US, you have to get um, more people maximum in plus two time zone. And if you go more to past Russia, Moscow, like Pakistan, India, uh, New Zealand, that start to get your night time yeah. and their night time. So I will prefer wherever is your continent is select that one first. So you don't do late nights for people. That's really difficult. Yeah. For sure. And it's very interesting that you're saying this right now because I have staff in Bulgaria, in, uh, in, uh, in Quebec. Um, yeah. I have people in the Philippines. Uh, and uh, like you said, I always like, and right now I'm actually in Italy because we're originally from Toronto, but now that I'm in the middle, yeah. I actually get to work with everyone. Some people in the morning, some people in the afternoon, and it's just the best thing ever. You're so yeah. right about that. <laughs> that that's smart and i i say like when you are in bay area in uh, california you are a away from everyone at least in new york you have extra three hours yeah but then you are in california is oh my god this is like uh, nine hour difference ten hours, yeah. ten hours yeah. uh, nine hours if they didn't change it nine hours with Italy, right yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So insane. Um, and so, so basically, and one, one more. I want. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Important. You told me one. What's the next? One more. One more. One more. And I think 
uh, some companies or some people can afford to have people who never work remotely and starting to work remotely. I have a lot of people in my company that never work remotely and work remotely right now, right? Uh, some people are not ready for that transition or even in the COVID world, right? It's like, so um, if you have people, like if you have to know that, okay, we will be a remote company. So I get trying to hire at least in the beginning who worked remotely for at least three, four years or five years. So they are used to it. So we have people from other countries, like we just hire them and they are the first remote job. They said like, my family doesn't believe I am working. I have to yeah. go to an office. Like, can you guys give me the extra office rent? And then we do it. Like it's a company benefit. And then yeah. there's like, now my family believes it, right? I so, know. I had the yeah. same exact problem. Actually. Yeah, same exact problem, right? Yeah. So if you hire people from India, Pakistan, in that re re region or Turkey, like they, the family thinks that if you are not going in office, it's normal, right? Because that's like life in 50 years, right? Yeah. So we, we had that fun things. Actually. I had I had the employees telling me that uh, they thought their parents uh, or their family members thought that they were betting online and doing all, this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah, sorts yeah. of things, but productive work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my exactly. gosh. Um, listen, um, Shane, I want to ask you about building a company culture. Uh, I, I, I was able, I was fortunate enough to build a great company culture, but the listeners at home are definitely interested in knowing how you can make that happen systematically. So what do you do when everybody is away from each other? How do you create that tribe feeling? That, that, that's, that's really good. So first of all, I think that is like, even you have a remote culture or not, doesn't matter. Like, you need to have a mission, whatever that mission is, right? You have to seriously have a good mission in your company. Like for us, the mission is we help companies to go remote. Like yeah. we help them to pay, to do all the HR management, and then save a lot of time. We have the app store in our system that with one click, you can add remove employees. So you don't need to go to Google, Dropbox, Notion, Figma. So with just one click. So for us, our mission, and we get everyone around that mission, actually. And so that is number one, like people are very self-motivated. So that is number one, right? In, in, yeah. in I think every business. And the second thing is, um, this is very weird, but engineers and tech people in a stereotypical way, they are very introvert people. Right. Yeah. They don't like human. I don't like human interactions that much sometimes. Yeah. So this is more comfortable for me. So we, I tend to select people who are more comfortable on online than the real. So yeah. if someone is like insanely social, like like to go out every night, that's not a great us, great person for us. So whatever your founder DNA is, whatever the company DNA is, trying to have that. So when we are building, so we also look for people like really smile and happy people. Like yeah. whatever going in their life, how hard it is, how difficult it is, we tend to look very smile and happy people. So like you get happy people, motivated people, believe in the mission, and then uh, I always put like a human touch on everything. So I tell everyone in the team, 
like like you talk with your mom and father over the phone, right? People see their families what once a year, but you still have a great relationship with yeah. them, right? So you don't need to like if with phone you can still keep great relationships. Yes. And now we have Zoom, right? So we we I tell people to have constant communication for random topics, not business topic, like friendly having discussion. And I see a lot of people are more comfortable in Zoom. Right, yeah. and always focus on what we are gaining by being remote. Okay, we are don't have the human interaction. We are still human with souls, I believe at least. Uh, <laughs> we need human uh, interaction. We need to feel like see. I think there's more difference between having a real person and an avatar, a digital version of you in Zoom, right? Uh, but always focus on the advantages. And I always remind that we save like two, three hours in our life. And then with that, all of them combined, I think it creates a really happy culture. Like our team, we written, I think never, nobody left in our company since we started. <laughs> yeah, that's so. awesome. That's yeah. very true. Honestly, I think, like you said, it all boils down to finding the right people first, yeah. because you can't really change someone's personality, but you can indoctrinate someone in your business if they are on the same wavelength, so to speak, exactly. uh, when it comes to interests or at least uh, the way that they relate to, to everyone. Like a deep, more deep technical thing here is like in GitLab, they do asynchronous meetings. So to do asynchronous meetings, you need to be really good on writing. Yeah. So in GitLab, they say we really like even we are getting an engineer, we want them to type really fast and they have excellent English writing skills Yeah. because sure. the whole system is asynchronous. Right. So but we don't have that. So for me, that's not that important, but whatever. So if you are moving to fully asynchronous model, like I hate typing. To be honest, yeah. I love to talk. I'm a talker. Like I just talk and listen. Right. Uh, yeah. So you have to be really careful. If you are going to asynchronous, the whole team needs to be typist because like typing is not faster than speaking, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. So that is really important. Yeah. For sure. Um, also, I wanted to ask you a question about your business. I mean, like uh, anything exciting coming up the pipe? Uh, anything uh, that you want to share with us? Yeah, we have a lot of things coming. So we, we oh my God, there's a lot of things coming. Um, we have, I think, seven to eight cool product launches that we're going to do in the next three to four months in product count. Um, one of them is really close. Is um, like Our goal is to help companies uh, to pay their independent contractors uh, to hire people uh, under an employment, yeah, right, um, or all the HR information things that you need, like when it comes to time offs, documents, onboarding, hiring. We just want to make it really easy for the uh, independent contractor, your employee, or yourself as well, right? So we have a lot of cool things around that coming, and we there is a very interesting demand that we are seeing um, is also happening in the US, uh, companies are becoming remote in US as well. Yeah. Uh, so they have to do multi-state registration. You have to register in another state. So we are launching uh, state registration. We are launching US payroll. Yeah. 
because most of our companies 80% international, but they still have US employees and they are using other US payroll tools that they tell us like, we just want to use remote team for US employers or non independent contractors. So we are actually working towards that. Um, we have a lot of interesting things for freelancers that we are, um, it's in, it's in the pipeline. They will kill me if I tell you guys. Are really no, cool for sure. There are really cool things going. Yeah. Shane, um, it was first off great having you on the show, but because you can't tell us these things right now, I'm sure that the listeners will want to find you online and find your business online yeah, 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 so yeah, they yeah, can yeah. know more. So where can people find you? Yeah, I am seriously available on my Twitter. It's my first name. I was very lucky to have that. In my Instagram, my first name. Oh, that's uh, it. Sahin, Sahin in Twitter, Sahin in Instagram. And LinkedIn, I, 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 I matched, maxed out my LinkedIn connections. I cannot do more. <laughs> but yeah. like in Twitter and in Instagram, I am really pretty available. Awesome. Shane, it was great having you on the show. Thank I'm looking you. forward to having you back in the future with more I amazing hope. news about the remote work world. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a great show. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.